you know, it always surprises me when I talk to people that I consider truly creative, that they tell me how much work goes into it. It's not just some natural talent necessarily they were born with. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Barnhill, and welcome to episode 47 of the 10 Minutes to a Better Homeschool podcast. I help homeschoolers create doable systems, beat burnout, and bring more joy to their homeschool days. Okay, this episode is a little bit longer than our normal episode because the interview was just so good. I'm chatting today with the author of the Green Ember series, S.D. Smith, and we're talking about not only his new book, which is a collaboration between him and his son, but also how can we go about nurturing creativity in our kids, even when we're not necessarily creative ourselves. So just to let you know, we do have a green ember set of morning time plans in our morning time shop. So if you are a fan of S.D. Smith and his work, The Green Ember, and you would like to immerse yourself into the green ember world with a little bit of truth, goodness, beauty, art, nature study, poetry that was inspired by the books, you can find that at pambarnhill.com forward slash shop. And now on with the interview. S.D. Smith is the best-selling author of the Green Ember series and a popular speaker. Sam enjoys walks, soccer, reading, church, chocolate chip cookies, and family time. And he lives in Grandview, West Virginia with his wife and four children. And we're so excited to have him here. He has a brand new book coming out. And one of the really cool things about this book is there is a co-author on it, J.C. Smith, who... I had never really heard of this guy before. So Sam, tell us about this book and your co-author. <laughs> you've heard of him. You've had you've had uh, dinners with him lots of times. <laughs> you've you've met. Uh, this is my son Josiah, Josiah Caleb Smith, and I am so excited. He's 16 years old, and he is. Uh, it's neat because I wrote the Green Ember series, and people have been asking me a long time, "What's next? What's you know what's coming after this?" And it's funny that you know I did like to find my next series, to find co-author. I didn't have to look far. I had to kind of look down the hall to the to the smelly teenage boy's uh, bedroom. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Okay, so this kind of brings us to our topic for today because I imagine there are a lot of moms out there listening and they're like, there's no way I could get my 16-year-old boy to write a book. Um, so how do we do that? How do we encourage our kids to be creative in these ways. Well, I, you know, like you know, you you know all my kids, and they're all different. Jo- Josiah, Caleb here, JC, he is unique in that he's he's sort of really focused on storytelling and this and creativity as we kind of think of creativity. I I, I, t- I kind of almost hate that. I hate it when people use "I'm a creative" or sort of like as a noun kind of. I don't, that's that's irritating to me. I just want to sort of gag with that, but. But uh, he's he is one of those people, whatever you want to call him. Like he he does have sort of that that what we traditionally call creative bent. But all, all my kids are creative. Mike is creative on the soccer field. He's really inventive and and is good at math and that kind of thing. So kids are different in different ways. So I, I, but if you're thinking uniquely about sort of the traditionally creative fields of art, music, uh, writing, that sort of thing. Um, I do. I do have some advice. I, I used to not think I used to think, well, I'll just model this, you know, as, as a writer, I'm never going to teach it. But then, you know, tons of kids ask me questions, tons of parents ask, you know, what, what can I do to help? I've got a kid that's weird like you, Sam, you know, a, a kid, that, a kid that's uh, that's got this sort of uh, imagine, you know, big imagination. And uh, I, do, I do. I do have some some things I think about 
um, for how to sort of coach those kids. And, and uh, you know, because I love sports, I, I like to think about coaching. But yeah, I mean, to me, the the I'd love to hear what you think about this, Pam. I'm going to put you on the spot, but um, feel free to just shoot me down because you are the expert here. But, I don't know uh, about that. Not not in creativity. Because, okay, so my thing is, my kids want to be creative, but how do I make sure that they're like learning the stuff that they need to learn to like write for college if they want to go to college or or something like that? So I'm hoping yeah. you'll address that. Well, that's, you know, you, you're like my wife. My wife thinks about that kind of stuff. She's very practical. I'm, I'm sort of like big vision. And she's like, how do we get this done? She's not afraid to work. She works hard. She's like, you, let's, you tell me what we're doing here and I'm going to execute. Like she's a real, she's a real doer, which is a good, a good combo for us. Cause I can be a little bit, you know, head in the sky a little bit. I just think, so for, first of all, to me, there's nothing that replaces encouragement. That encouragement is so vital. That's like that that lifeblood. So it, it's got to, you know, that that um, somebody's got to be in your corner. And for me, it's, you know, for me, it definitely was my mom. You know, my mom thinks I'm some sort of combination of Bob Dylan and Batman. And I don't know what, but I've always felt that from her. I felt that encouragement from the very beginning. And, and you know, for some people you don't, and it's tough if you're homeschooling because you've got to be the person who sort of, you know, maybe grades or holds accountable. And that's, that's really all parents. We've got to, we've got to set these boundaries and stuff. We've got to enforce those, but maybe that's even more of a reason why encouragement is so important. Um, I think about uh, C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, you know, when Tolkien was writing the Lord of the Rings, he was, uh, you know, he he would share the the chapters with C.S. Lewis, his good friend, and Lewis was his, a big champion for him. Just over and over, you, you've got to keep going, keep going. He was a massive encouragement. And then when it came time for uh, Lewis to share the Lion, which in the Order of the first Narnia book, he he shared it with Tolkien, and Tolkien kind of hated it. And he well, Tolkien you know, was, the, was a little bit of a curmudgeon. <laughs> He, he could be at times. He was he was a purist and you know about storytelling and you know Lewis is throwing in all kinds of weird stuff in 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 these stories that are the, the 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 mythology wasn't as coherent. So he sort of but that that stung big time. And so I think we we very likely could have had no Narnie um, if it weren't for a man named Roger Green, Roger Lancelin Green, who who uh, told Lewis you we you have to publish this. This is wonderful. So that that encouragement was so powerful in Lewis's life. And I think that we all need people like Roger Green. You know, there there are tons of Tolkien's in the world, tons of people ready to tell you, you know, you, it's not good enough. You're not good enough. All that kind of thing. There's a lot of that waiting. And of course, we have our own sort of inner voice that's often tell, especially kind of creative people tend to be a little bit. Maybe I, I this is I'm not a scientist, obviously, but uh, I t- tend to see a lot of people who are introverted, you know, who, who feel things deeply. So the internal sort of monologue of our own voice uh, telling us things, not always telling the truth. So see, I'm not saying like just empty, like, you know, sort of modern, like you are enough, you can do, you know, not, not just like uh, platitudes, but like true reality. Here's who you are rooted in your identity in Christ. Or, you know, that for me, that's really important in, in your faith. But what is your identity? Who are you? And sort of encouraging in that way, but there's nothing that can replace encouragement. And I, just moving on from, from encouragement, I feel like, um, you know, fostering discipline, like, there's okay. there is sort of external discipline of a parent, you know, sort of holding holding accountable. But then there's this sort of like moving towards self-discipline is is so important. So habits, habits, training habits, like all those little things that you're already trying to do, all those things that you already care about a whole lot. Your creative kid needs that. Like all the things where you say, no, you've got to clean your room. You've got no, you've got if you're learning like finance, you've got to like if you're a little bit older, like you've got to learn how to balance a budget or like make a meal plan or all those kind of things. We're trying to teach our kids to be like 
people who can function like those are so valuable because creative people often get sort of left off the hook with that kind of thing. They, they often say, well, I'm sort of above those rules or I don't need those rules because I'm a creative. Actually, they don't. They need all those disciplines, those self-disciplines, those habits. Um, John Dryden said that we first make our habits and then our habits make us. And I just feel like it's so, so powerful and so important. All those things. It's like giving, you know, the, the difference between sort of successful um, people that you know about, I think, in, in the writing world or music world is that the people who have the habits to keep going and hustling. It's the same thing in business or ministry and all these kind of things. The people who kind of keep going and have these habits that that um, are like frames to keep them on the track. That that is such a powerful gift. So I'll just say, like, even if the person is like a little bit resistant or or introverted and fearful of those things, like, get, you know, being with them, big love and big like uh, emphasis on habits and discipline feels like those go hand in hand together and are so 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 important. Yeah, Stephen King has a quote about how like amateurs uh, amateurs wait for inspiration, but like professionals just get up and get to work and. Uh, my kids had convinced me this year, like, mom, we don't want to use a writing curriculum this year. We just want to write what we want to write. And I'm like, okay, we can do that. We, we're doing kind of a little writer's workshop thing, but you have to write every day. That's the rule. Like, you don't have to uh, follow any specific curriculum, but you do have to write every single day. And so that's been the thing that we're doing. And then we're, you know, figuring out from there where that inspiration comes from to write every day, but we're making the mm. habit of doing the writing. Okay. So encouragement, discipline, like these are mom things for sure. Um, what else? Yeah. Yeah, this is, there's nobody better. That's why uh, there's nobody better for, that's a big, a big thing to me. There's nobody better to uh, encourage and equip your child than you. Like there's, there's not a, there's not a guru out there that's, that's better. You have, I think what it takes to coach a creative kid, even if you're kind of more of a concrete thinker that, that organized, you know, more, more like what, what Pam was saying, or my wife is like, that that's like, those are so valuable people. I would just say people like me need people like that. If that's sort of your natural, your natural bent. But um, yeah, I totally agree with you about the inspiration thing. Jack London said, don't wait for inspiration, go after it with a club. And I just, I, that's like, I love that. That is like, cause, cause that's what we need to hear is it, it, you know, waiting for the muse to strike, waiting for the perfect circumstances. That is not it. That is not yeah. going to work. Um, and again, I, not to hit with the million, hit you with a million of my favorite uh, quotations, but you know, Aristotle, this is one of my favorite ones. He says, uh, we are, what we continually do excellence. Therefore is a habit. Yeah. And uh, just that, that, that this is, this is powerful. So I love what you're doing with your kids. Like that whole, like, yeah, okay. We don't have to have the, you don't have the, the sort of the curriculum, what you think of as a traditional class, but you're going to, it's going to be a habit and it's going to be every day. And, and it's better if they self, yeah, if, they, if they're, I like the fact that they said, Hey, I want to do this. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, here it is. Here's, I'm going to help coach you in what you're doing. So that's, that's another thing. You don't have to like micromanage or helicopter parent or kind of, you don't have to like go around and say, here's every little step of what you're going to do. I was at a soccer game last night and you know, there's people from the the crowd, like parents from the crowd yelling, like at the kid, like, stay calm, you know, and they get the ball, like, get you know, pass it, you know, it's okay, relax out there, you know, and I'm just like, dude, if you would just shut up maybe for a second, they probably give them a second out there and maybe they will. So you got to be some sort of self, uh, you know, motivation and self-discipline that you're, that you're encouraging. Because at the end, the point is what it's, it's independence. You know, we want, we want them to be able to, 
to be going out uh, launching on their own. Um, for, for well, sure. and I too, I think it's like creating in it's so much of what we do in homeschool, and I don't think we talk about this enough, is like creating an atmosphere. Like, so creating an atmosphere where they can thrive by not only like the things we put in the atmosphere, but also the kind of situations that we set up in the atmosphere. So Mm. providing them the time to write, giving them any materials they need, you know, like we have the little writing shelf set up with the thesaurus and the, you know, uh, the jar full of journal ideas that they can pull out and all the fancy pens that they can pick the ones they want, like, you know, if they need that. So um, just creating an atmosphere of time and space for them to be able to move into to create. I don't know. That's like the best advice, right? To me, like you're basically you're talking about setting a creative trap. Like you you are, it's like a little spider web of like creativity or whatever. And you're, and you're, you're just waiting for these innocent little bugs to go uh, fly into it. I love that. Leaving out the guitar, leaving, you know, making a little corner yes. where there's, where there's music and chords out and you kind of got the, what you need there. You've got a capo, you've got the tuner. It's like, it's, it's, you're removing barriers really. Yes. And you're, you're incentivizing and you're making it what it actually is, which is wonderful, beautiful and good and pleasant. And it's kind of, you know, the, the, the TV or, or other things, you know, it's easy to kind of hit, but it's easy, you know, it's part of the, one of the reasons why it's so, you know, the internet and all that kind of, it's like, it, you want the iPad because it just gives you right away, like so fast. So it's almost like there's a higher there's a higher need to sort of incentivize and 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 set these sort of creative traps for things that we that we might value that might um, help our souls even more that might 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 form our souls a little bit more. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about forming you know who you are, what you love. I love that. I love the idea of setting a creative trap, and it makes me think of like the mom who bemoans the fact that her children never make art yet there's no place for them to make art. Like, you know, you're always worried about the floor. You're, you know, they're always worried about the tabletop. And so, or you never leave the art supplies out because you're worried about what kind of mess they're going to make. And I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. Like I'm talking about myself. I can remember having done that at certain times in the past. And it's like, well, no wonder they don't make art. You know, you have to, you know, create the, the space for that. So Last question, uh, because we do have our little 10 minute time limit here. What if you don't feel like you're a creative person yourself? And I know you don't necessarily have this problem, Sam, but is there anything you could do to help? Like, how do you foster creativity in your kids if if you just don't feel creative? How do you where do you get inspiration? Well, I would I would push back a little bit and just say that that we all have imagination and creativity, like we talked about earlier. It's a capacity. It's like intellect. So you might be a more of an intellectual person or a concrete kind of a thinker. So that means you have a, this, uh, and I know that's true about you, is you have this a very high intellectual capacity. And uh, probably a lot of kids in this audience, a lot of the people listening to you, I'm guessing, they're smart people. They're 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 thinkers, and that's good. That's a that's a gift from God. That's the gift of God. This this intellect. And, and Lewis talked about. Um, uh, intellect being the, the the organ of truth and that the imagination is the or, organ of meaning. And we all have it. We all have this capacity for imagination. So we don't have like imaginative kids and non-imaginative kids. You have people with a higher capacity for that kind of thing, but we can, it can all grow. And that includes us as teachers. That includes all the moms, you know, that that's all of us. And I would just say there's no substitute for that, you know, we 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 struggle to try new things because, as you know, adults, I think we, we we're concerned about our dignity. We're concerned about looking foolish, so we don't want to try new things. It's much much easier for us to say, "I'm 
bad at basketball or I'm bad at math. And so we don't do it because it's safe because we don't want to look silly. And I understand that. And there's some, some of that's maybe logical, but, but I, I would say the, there's probably nothing better than engagement, you know, if it, then to, then to model, to say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to come with you. I'm going to sit down with you in color for a little while. I'm going to, because, you know, there, the, the Beekner talked about sort of the, the best teachers teach themselves. They, 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 they don't, they don't teach subjects. They teach themselves. And, that, and I think that's true. It's more, more as caught than taught all those. We have all these little maxims about that. So I'll just say there's no substitute for joining in and modeling, and you don't have to be good at it. You don't have to be great at it. You can model uh, the discipline part. You could model the generosity and the spirit at the heart of these habits. You know, you can do that. Few coaches in in sports are as good an athlete as as the players. You know, they're they're not great, but they can still be fantastic coaches, and they 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 can participate and model. And they can, you can make. So I would just say model and make, you know, and I think you're, you're making more than just like a little piece of art. You, you, you're, you're doing something that's, that is far more grand. You know, you are modeling, you're, you're, you're making, you're helping to shape human beings made in the image of God, people who are beautiful and, and, and uh, people who, you know, like Lewis talked about people who in the future, you know, would be astonished to see what they'll, what they'll, what will become. And so what you're doing is, is, is kind of sacred. It's beautiful. It's also simple. Like there's, I don't want to sit, make it sound like, Oh, you have to be, you have to be a serious. You don't have to, you know, I'm a country boy from West Virginia. That's true. My papa was a, was a country poet. You know, that's what, who he was. He also kind of worked on cars and had, you know, a garden and like simple people. Like I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not very far moved from like subsistence farmers. You know, we're, we're very simple people. Um, so, so it's not, it's not complicated. You know, it's not, you don't have to overthink it. You can be not great at it (laughs) and still give your kids an awful lot just by modeling and generosity and showing. I love it. I love it. Okay. Sam, tell everybody where they can find Jack Zulu and the Waylanders key. Ooh, this is, I'm so excited about this book. Cause it's, cause it's sort of like what we're talking about. This book I wrote with my, with my son. And that was such a, such an honor and such a privilege and uh, what a delight. Um, but it's, it's easy to find at sdsmith.com or jackzulu.com. Um, and yeah, I hope you, it's, it's the, my first new series that I've, that I've, try we've got 10 green ember books this is the first new series and i hope i hope people give it a chance i I think i think you'll enjoy it are there any rabbits at all in the story you know that's funny i should have put some in there i should have (laughs) put a rabbit i don't think there are there are plenty of swords but no but no rabbits okay so that sounds awesome awesome do go check out that book and thank you so much sam for coming on today and chatting with us about this idea of nurturing creativity so many great tips here so this is a good one Thank you, Pam. And there you have it. I told you that was a good one. So many great little inspirational bits there. Now, if you would like links to any of the resources that Sam and I chatted about today, including a link to where you can get your very own copy of Jack Zulu and the Waylander's Key, you can find that on the show notes for this episode of the podcast. That's at pambarnhill.com slash TMBH47. And do go check out that new book. Now, I will be back again next week. We're going to be talking all about getting food on the table as a homeschool mom, because I know that that's something that takes up way more time and energy than you want it to. 
Until then, keep on homeschooling.